Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I'm thankful for everything that God does for me, and I'm thankful that I have this opportunity to uh, take part in this and to uh, be everything that God wants me to be. And uh, you guys have to do that praise and worship thing, get me all tore up, and uh, keep me choking back. But I'm thankful. We're going to talk about Abraham today. A man of faith. And I'm going to, I got the, I got all my notes. And I just wanted to make sure that I say the right things and do the right things. Abram and Sarah were married. And Abram was supposed to, to be the father of many nations by God's promise. He was supposed to be the father of many nations. He's 100 years, well, 99 years old, and they haven't had a baby yet. But God promised them that that would happen, and he would take care of that. We need to know that and understand that, that he is doing it all by faith. Abraham, from the time he was created, I guess, until the time he died, he was a man of faith. He just went on and on and on, did all that faith thing. And I'm thankful for that. In Genesis 17, it says, God made a covenant with Abram, and God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means that he is the father of multitude. God's speaking it into existence. He's speaking what he wants to have happen. And he also changed Sarah, which is S-A-R-R-I, to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, which means princess. And they have, a, they have all their stuff going on. They're, d- they're doing the right stuff. They're getting it all in line. They're doing everything that they need to do. And I'm thankful for that. The sign of the covenant which God and Abraham had was the circumcision. And every male child, eight, eight days old, was to be circumcised. This meant the covenant was kept that Abraham and Sarah have many descendants. Again, they don't have a kid yet. How can they have many descendants? I don't get that. How can that happen? Hmm. At this point in time, Abraham and Sarah were still barren. And God still had a plan in motion. He still had a plan that he was trying to work. He still had a plan that he knew was going to work out. He still had a plan that Abraham and Sarah knew was going to work out, that it was going to happen what God said would happen because God doesn't lie. Okay? So, God sent some visitors by their tent. And Abraham and Sarah put together a meal for them. These visitors were actually angels. Actually, angels that God sent there to give them the message about what was going to happen. These visitors told Abraham and Sarah they were going to have a son. And Abraham and Sarah 
were well past childbearing years. God has still had a plan, and he performed a miracle. They conceived, and a son Isaac was born. At this time, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born, and Sarah was 90 years old. Can you imagine? For all you ladies and all you guys in this place, how would you as a man like to be 100 years old and having a baby born? I mean, Jen and I had two kids. One's 47. Is that right? 46. She always has to help me at the age. I get the ages all messed up because I don't do birthdays well. Then our, da- our daughter is 40. Okay. See? That's what, she's my right hand. That's what it takes to do that. So that comes out. So anyhow, I, and I, I can't imagine. I mean, when we had our kids, well, I, was, we were, I was 19. She was 18 when it first started. Then 24, we had the other one. And I can't imagine that. We, right now, we, we talk about it all the time. When, when the kids come to our house, our grandkids, when they come to our house, by the time they leave, Jen's just plumps tuckered out. She can't even, even do it. She, just, she, she has to sit down in the big chair and snooze, and, and, I, and then she snores when she does that. So I don't understand what that is. <laughs> But anyhow, that's, that's kind of the, and for all you all in this building, if, if, you, if you are 50 plus and you got it, you're pregnant, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> but God is God, and he tests all things right and well. I want us to go to Genesis 22. And first, first verse says, And now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. God was trying to get him ready for the testing that he was getting ready to go through. And that's what it all comes down to. The testing was ahead of him. He's already been through enough behind him trying to figure things out and try to follow what God said. Now God's trying to get him to know that the testing's coming ahead. He then said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. Abraham had a son, Isaac. I have a son, Aaron. And I would have a real hard time sacrificing him. Abraham, if he's anything at all like me, he would have a real hard time trying to sacrifice Isaac. But by the same token, he's a man of faith. And he can trust God to do what God wants to do and how God wants it to come out. So Abraham, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey 
and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God has told him. In that whole, in that whole area, Abraham never asked one question. He never got out of that. He realized and knew that God, God was there and that had the faith that to take care of him and to take care of all that is ahead of him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Now, God's already told Abraham that he's going to sacrifice Isaac. But, but, God knew what was going to happen. And Abraham was faithful enough that when those guys asked him what he was doing, with the, that he told them, we'll be back. We'll be back. Not to mean anything in but but him and Isaac will come back. They will. God had the plan. The plan is awesome, and it's awesome the way it's supposed to be. God does everything right and well. He does it all right and well. He never makes a mistake. So we need to know and understand that that's what it, we have to do. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. And laid it on Isaac, his son. See, Isaac's not only going to be sacrificed, but now he's going to get worn out carrying that wood up that mountain. You know, how are you going to do that? Isaac's going to be good about it. Isaac's going to do the right thing. And he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. They went together. They went together. Isaac followed dad. Isaac did exactly what dad wanted him to do. And Isaac was proud to be his son. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father? He said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son... God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham's faith takes over again. He's never let it go. He's never let it go. The faith is always going to be there. The faith is always something that he can depend on to know that that's what it's all about. And then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood on the altar, placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I, if, if, if I were Isaac, I'd be going, maybe, maybe, because I'm not real up on the faith thing. I'd be kind of going into maybe a little bit of a panic. I don't know. Say, okay, he's got me tied up now. He's got me laid out on all this wood. He's getting ready to build a fire under it, and I can't get away from here. What am I going to do? God will take care of what he's going to do. And Abraham stretched out his hand 
and took his knife. Now Isaac's really getting upset because that knife's got to be about this long. But yet, God's going to take care of it. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But, you know, Aaron's always talking about this but thing, always pops up in these scriptures. Every time a but pops up, it means there's going to be a, something's going to change. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Ha. See, the testing, Abraham already passed the test. Abraham already passed the test. He knew that it would be okay. He knew it would be okay. He knew it would be okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he knew it would be okay. If he, if he had to sacrifice Isaac's son, God was strong enough. If he had to do that, God would bring him back. So that's kind of where all that's at. I like the, this part here. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. They've been here for a while. They've walked up the mountain. They've been there for a while. They've been in this place for a while. And God, the, the angel told him what was going on, what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the thicket that they were just passed, because if, if that ram was going to be there, it would have been there when they passed by it. God sent the ram into the thicket, hooked his horns in the thicket so it couldn't get away, and Abraham turned around and saw it. A miracle. God provided the miracle that would save Isaac's life. And we need to know and understand. That's why we walk who we are and do what we do. We as Christians run into things all the time. And you get weak and downhearted and don't think you're going to be able to make it. And your faith starts maybe getting weak. But by the same token, if you do it right and come out right and you do the things the way they're supposed to be done, faith will carry you through. Faith will carry you through. You're quiet. Faith will carry you through. Say it. Faith will carry me through. That's exactly what will happen. We have that, and we work on that, and we know that that's what's going to take place. We know that that's the way it's supposed to be. And Abraham called the name of the place, strange as it may seem, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. All of us have had situations in our life come up, and we have struggled and fought and tried to get through and tried to make it right and tried to make it the way it's supposed to be. And by the same token, we need to know that there's a faith inside of us that will carry us and will help us. Right now, I have a granddaughter that's over in Kenya right now. She's on her way home this week, be home 
Tuesday or Wednesday, something, whatever day that is, they let her go knowing that God would take care of her and watch over her and bring her back. Knowing that. Thankful that God does those things. God will provide. If you ever get discouraged and get depressed and get downhearted and you can't find $5 to put gas in your gas tank, don't get discouraged. Just wait. Somewhere along the line, you either $5 will pop up in your hand or something will do that you can have a gas to drive your car with. I, I, I'm, I've, been, I've been retired now for uh, thir- thir- 13 months. And I have not had a job. I've not had a job. I'm not really trying to seek for a job. I, I'm kind of like go, going down this road here, trusting God that if what the two checks we're bringing in on the, on the uh, last, th- last Thursday of the month, that's the Wednesday of the month, that, that it'll be there. And it'll last us until we get done with it, till we're all, all along okay. And I'm thankful for that. And, I'm th- and my wife... Just keeps after me to get, hey, you know, we need to give here and we need to give there. We need to do this. And I'm going, okay, okay. And we can, we've never been without, never, not once. I mean, we're, we're blessed and we're doing and the, the, the house is there. Uh, praise the Lord. I bought a new shed this week and we could, me and Aaron put it together and now it's okay. It's a, I, tore, I tore the one down and it was falling apart that I'd built. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where we're at right now. <laughs> then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. They're going to possess the gate of the enemies. They're going to go, they're going to take, he's going to take charge of that. He's going to do the things that he has to do to get all that done. And it says, the 18th verse says, And in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham did what was told that he should do. How he should survive. How he should succeed. And I cared for the life of me. For him having one son. I can't imagine how all the seed that's going to be there came from this one son. Now, I'm not being dumb. I'm just being fruitful. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that you take one son. And, they, I mean, you know, the, 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 the Jews are everywhere. Really, they are. And they're, they're blessed, and they, they multiply, and they come and do the things that they're supposed to be doing, and they're doing what's right. God just made it all right and well. And I'm thankful that he did that. I'm thankful that God is God, and he does what he does well. And I, I, I was... This is the best book I've ever bought. Trust me. I bought this book about a week before praise is closed. And this book, every morning I read it, 
and it touches my heart and touches my life and makes things better. There's one part in here that talks about, if I told you that the, uh, Abraham was a man of faith. Well, there's one little line in this book that says, Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham was the father of faith. And he does all things. Man, I, I've, I've, read, I've read all the stuff that I could find about Abraham to read while I was trying to prepare for all this stuff. And it's a blessing to know that he just trusted God by faith to go beyond what he knew because it's just the way it is. Go to uh, yeah, Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. This morning I was reading over the stuff again and God prodded, prodded me to, I wasn't going to do Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. And I thought, uh, that's, you got to be able to do that because that's just there. It's the way it's supposed to be. First verse says in, Abraham, in Hebrews 11, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you can't always put your hand on what you want to have, but you can trust God to be able to give it to you. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Not made by... Things which are visible. I, again, I don't, I don't know for through this time that we're, Jen and I are going through together that I don't know how we keep making it a, a month at a time with what we're having. Uh, I, I'm uh, kind of, I'm, I'm making about a third of what I was making when I was working. And yet it's there, it lasts all the whole month. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God, what he does. Skip on down to uh, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He offered up Isaac. And he believed the promises. I love it when God promises you things and says you're going to get this, you're going to do that. And you, you go down the road here five, six months or whatever you're doing, or three weeks or whatever, and nothing changes. Nothing changes. And you keep going, okay, God, where's it at? Well, we just got to keep hanging on. Keep hanging on. God will build your faith. And he'll build your faith by trials. And I'm going to get that to in a minute in this book. Of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Verse 18. Verse 19 says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. God knew. God knew if he, if he sacrificed Isaac and he had to 
use that big knife on him or burn him up on the altar or whatever, God would bring him back. Because that would, that would really make your faith strong. If you, if you see that happen, you see, you know, I, I can't, Abraham, since he didn't really see that ram in that thicket before all this took place, as soon as he turned around and saw that ram, I, if, if I'd have been him, I'd have probably been jumping and shouting and hollering and saying, well, that, guy, that wasn't ever there before. That's what God does. That's the way he works. This is streams in the desert. I didn't tell you that when I picked it up, but I'm a firm believer in this book. It does preach my heart right and shows me things that I, I've missed sometimes. This is from June the 2nd. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, without weakening in his faith. I will never forget the statement which that great man of faith, George Mueller, once made to gentlemen who had asked him the best way to have strong faith. The only way to know strong faith is to endure great trials. Love that, don't you? Just want them great trials out there just waiting for you. Come on. Huh. I have learned my faith by standing firm through severe testings. How true is this? How true this is? You must trust whom you must trust when all else fails. You must trust when all else fails. When you, you're going down this dark path and you can't find a way out and you don't know what's going on, keep on trusting. Keep on trusting. Dear soul, you may scarcely realize the value of your present situation. If you are enduring great affliction right now, you are at the source of the strongest faith. God will teach you during these dark hours to have the most powerful bond to his throne you could ever know if you will only submit. See, we get all rammed up sometimes in all this stuff, and we forget to, that we can just trust God and to walk with Him and to be close to Him and to be in that frame of mind that we can say, okay, God, I've given this all to you. Now I'm just going to keep following you and see what you have for me. Don't be afraid. Just believe. But if you ever are afraid, simply look up and say, when am I afraid? I will trust you. Then you will be able to thank God for his school of sorrow that became for you a school of faith. Great faith must first endure great trials. That's just awesome. That, 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 with, with, without the trials, the faith is not there. We have to endure the trials to get to faith. Just there. That's the way it's supposed to be. June 3rd. Let us go over to the other side. Jesus talking to his disciples. Even though we follow Christ's command, we should not expect to escape the storm. In this passage of Scripture, the disciples were obeying his command, yet they encountered the fiercest of storms and were in great danger of being drowned. In their distress, they cried out for Christ's assistance. Christ may delay, 
coming to us during our times of distress, but it is simply to our faith may be it is simply so our faith may be tested and strengthened. Our te- our faith may be strengthened when we go through those trials. We don't understand that that while they were out on that uh, sea and the wind's blowing and the waves are big and all that's going to happen, that Jesus is right there. And that's about the way it is in our lives. When the storms are blowing, when you're, you're going through big hard times and you can't find your way out, keep on trusting. Keep on walking with him. His purpose is also that our prayers may be more powerful and our desire for deliverance will be greater. When deliverance finally comes, we will appreciate it more fully. Just to get set free from all that trial and tribulation, all that stuff. To keep on trusting and keep on trucking, keep on doing what God's got for you to do. We can do that. We have to be able to do that. Gently rebuking his disciples, Christ asked, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? In effect, he was saying, why didn't you face the storm victoriously and shout to the raging winds and rolling waves? You cannot harm us, for Christ the mighty Savior is on board. There's nothing like having Christ right by your side. There's nothing at all even, like, even close to that. I, I've told the story many, many times. I tell my home group all the time about this, that, that I, I was going through one of those days at Gladfelder where I was having a really hard time. Just like it wasn't going to be right good day. It wasn't going to be any good at all. And so I got upset and got tired, and I went, walked, left the core cutter and walked around the corner, and I walked around this corner. And when I went around this corner, there was this big set of arms right there. I couldn't see them, but I could feel them. And they took me in and loved me. And that changed my life, changed my outlook on the way things are. We can do that. We have to know that we can do that, that that, that is what we have to do, be about. Of course, it is much easier to trust God when the sun is shining. Yeah, I love it when the sun shines. When we have those rains like we had two days ago, I, don't, I wasn't much in favor of all that kind of stuff. I, I, just, I could see, see the water running down through my yard. You know, and, uh, I, I live on top of Patton Hill, but I live down over the top of Patton Hill. So every now and then when the storm really brews and when it really comes up, the water's running right down through my yard. And it, it's just like, what am I going to do with that? You know, I did, so I just I have to sit down in the living room and watch TV and let the water run. There's nothing I can do about it beyond that. Yet I will never know our level of genuine faith until it is tested. In a fierce storm, that is why our Savior is on board. Yeah, that's plain and simple. If you are ever to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, your strength will be born during a storm. Believe that? Been there, huh, Shirley? See? We need to know that. That's the way we get stronger is when we're going through the hard times. You can have a real good day and have a real good sunny day, and it's fine. But when the storms come up and the winds are blowing... See, I put this shed together, Aaron and I did, and it said on there that it needed to be anchored down. 
Well, I put it on concrete, so it would be kind of hard to anchor, for me to anchor it down. So uh, I, I've, I, I've, I watched it in this storm the other night, and it never moved, not a half an inch. It never, never, I was thinking, well, okay. And I told, I told Jen, because we'd read that, and I told her, I said, well, you have to understand, we're on the backside of the house, and the wind will come across that way, and maybe it'll stay away from us, and so far, so good. And I trust God with that. With Christ in my vessel, I'll smile at the storm. Christ said, let us go over to the other side. He didn't say, not to the middle of the lake and be drowned. So that's what the whole thing was from the beginning. When they were going across the lake, he said, let's go over to the other side. Let's go over to the other side. Let's make it to the other side. Let's be everything that we can be going over to the other side. Because there's nothing, you know, you know I, I've, I've been swimming in the Gulf of Mexico a lot. We lived there for five years, and we go out there every couple of days or so and do all that kind of stuff. And then we get, move back up here, and now we go back down for two weeks vacation every now and then. And you just get to this, go on the beach and do that. And I, I'm, I'm, thank, I, I'm thankful, number one, that the sharks never got me yet. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful that we have that ability, and I'm thankful that we do the things that we need to do. And we are what we are. And I'm thankful that God takes care of all the problems that are out there. Uh, I, I can't even fathom how I am what I am and doing what I'm doing and I'm thankful that God takes care of me and watches over me and that's a good thing and I'm thankful I'm thankful so I'm, I'm done and I want you to know that God will take care of you I'm, watch, I'm watching Jay I don't know if you guys pay attention to Jerry but I'm watching Jay when he's up here leading praise and worship and he's, go, he's just going for it. And it's just an awesome thing to watch him do what he does. And I'm thankful for that. Keep on going, Jay. Don't stop. Don't stop. God will take care of all of that. I'm thankful. So I'll stand. Now, I don't, I, I don't know if anybody in this room has a need they need to have met. But I'm sure if you do, there's somebody around here who will pray for you. And we can do that and accomplish it. Don't, 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 for, don't forget the cafe thing if you're going to go over there and get a little snack. And uh, we'll just see how it all plays out. I, this is a good place to be. Uh, Travis has called this home. Michelle called it home a while ago. And that's good for us. And we just keep walking and doing this. This place feels like home to me. Of course, now that Aaron's got me working out here, I keep coming out here three, four days a week and spending hours. And I'm thankful. We are what we are and we do what we do. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And thank you, Father, for your grace and for your love. I thank you, Father, that you have provided, Father God, for all of our needs, Lord. And I give you praise for that. 
And I praise you, Father God, because when the times are hard, Father, you're still there, Lord, and you're still uh, helping my faith to grow, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for that. I pray, God, you'll keep us, Lord God, in your hand. I pray, Father God, you'll bless this day. Keep us in your hand. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do, Lord. You're worthy of my praise. And I thank you, Father, for that, Lord. And I pray, God, you'll just continue to walk us through. Help us, Father, with everything we do. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.